Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast featuring Reverend Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now here is Reverend Dahlia Adams. Welcome. My name is Reverend Dahlia Adams and I am so honored to be here with you today. This is the beginning of 2023. We're in the month of January. And what I want to talk about today is the question, how shall we live? You know, that comes up for people. It came up for me when there are major life changes or after profound aha moments. When I was in my 20s, I was diagnosed with cancer and went through treatment and obviously survived it. But at the time, I think I was 27. When I was 27, the the truth or the fact of my mortality was the furthest thing from my awareness. It just never even occurred to me to ponder it or to consider it in terms of I'm one of these people that eventually will die. And then I got cancer, and oh my gosh, I lived and breathed the fear of death for weeks and weeks and weeks until my treatment was showing progress, and then there was hope. At that time, I was not on a spiritual path, so my fear reaction basically drove the way I responded to what was going on. But it changed me because from that time forward, I knew that someday I would die. I made it through that health crisis, but I now knew when I was relatively young that I would die. And it changed how I lived. It changed the way I saw things. It changed choices that I made. Not in each and every moment, but there was enough of a shift that I, I paid attention in a different way on how I would live. And I'd forget, but then I'd come back to remembering. When I finished graduate school, after many, many years of graduate school and I got a PhD, There was that question again, now that I'm no longer in school, now that I'm needing to live an adult role and get back to real work, how shall I live? What will I do with all this time of studying and learning? How did I want to use that? And I'm not alone. I've talked to many people when someone loses a family member sometimes an elderly parent, and now this person who lost someone so dear becomes the head of the family, the matriarch or the patriarch. There is a difference in that question of how do I live this role? What do I do now that I know this? There's a, a story of a 
a missionary that was in on, probably South America or maybe Africa, but it was in a country that was not developed yet. And people lived in villages and they had their own native spiritual beliefs and in came the missionaries and they taught about Jesus and they taught about heaven and hell. And one of the students, one of the indigenous people asked, said, well, now that I know the commandments and I know about heaven and hell, if I break the commandments, will I go to hell? And the missionary said, yes. And this person looked up at the missionary and said, why did you tell me? So learning something that we embrace as true will also change how we live. So I want this question, how shall we live, to be the theme that I circle around, that we circle around throughout the year, because there's no way that we could fully address it even in a year, and it would be laughable to try to do that in one week or two or 10. So how shall we live? During the Christmas season at the end of last year, we were talking about it, the season of awakening to the truth of the Christ light. And so we awaken to this truth we acknowledge that presence of that Christ light within each of us. We acknowledge the Christ presence that is always there, and we become awakened to that truth. And we align with the scriptures in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 14, in which Jesus spoke to his disciples and said, You are the light of the world. And so we take that truth in and we awaken to the Christ light and we acknowledge that through that Christ light that is within us, shines through us, we are the light of the world. That's a big thing to know. That's bigger than knowing that I now have a PhD. It's so much bigger and and so how do I live if I know that I am the light of the world? How do I live if I know that that Christ light shines through me? What do I do? Do I still go to Taco Bell? I mean, does it change things? So essentially what we were awakening to is the truth that we are children of God, that we are of God that our true nature is embedded in that which God is. When we have our Sunday services at Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center, every Sunday the congregation says together, you are a beautiful child of God. And there's more to it. This is the core of the prayer. And then after that's completed, the congregation repeats, I am a beautiful child of God. So we hold this truth as a centerpiece 
to what we believe, what we know. And child of God is one way of expressing that truth. If, if that's not comfortable for you, you can say, I am a beautiful expression of the divine, or you are a beautiful expression of the divine. The light of the presence of God shines within you. The wording is not necessarily locked in in one particular way. But the truth that each of us is of God, is an expression of God, a child of God, if you will. So think about that. Think about people in your life and just allow yourself to know for a moment that each person is a child of God, an expression of the divine. And how does that feel? Does that change how you see each person, how you respond to each person? Does that change how you feel when that person enters the room? And then pause a moment and say to yourself, I am a child of God. I am an expression of the divine. Are you able to truly take that in? Are you able for a moment to know that that's true? And if you know that's true, even for a moment, how does that change things? Potentially, it could change everything. Because if I know I am a child of God, I don't ever need to show up anywhere afraid. I don't ever need to get stuck in my anger. I can walk confidently through my days. I can feel the presence that is God and feel it as a source of strength and inspiration. This is what I want to come back to throughout this year. In the book of Isaiah, God is speaking and says, you are precious and honored in my sight. You know how when we have a baby, a little child, how parents and sometimes others onlookers say, how precious. We see that that child is precious. The parent looks at the child and and knows and feels how precious that child is. Well, in the book of Isaiah, God is speaking to us and says, you are precious and honored in my sight. God isn't saying you better get good grades or you better graduate from high school or you better get a good job in order to be precious and honored in my sight. God is speaking as the father of each and every one of us and says, you are precious and honored in my sight. So how shall we live? If you wake up one morning and really know down deep to your gut and your soul and your bones, you really, really know that you are a child of God. How do you live that day? How does a child of God live? What does a child of God do? What does a child of God feel? 
What does the child of God say? How do you live? How shall we live now that we know that truth? David Brooks, um, he's a journalist in the New York Times and on various news programs. He um, also is an author of books. He's an inspirational speaker. And he did a TED Talk in 2014, and he called it Resume or Eulogy. And he said that each of us, well, there are broader choices than these two, but among the choices, life choices that we make, we need to choose whether we focus our lives, our life, on building a resume or in creating a eulogy. A resume is about working and creating things and having status and making money and inventing things and making the world better. A eulogy is about being a child of God. A eulogy is about being who we truly are. A eulogy is about knowing who we are and aligning ourselves with that. A eulogy is about being a loving father or a loving mother. A eulogy is about being the kind person in every situation. The eulogy is about being a source of inspiration for those around us or a source of strength. And he talked about a rabbi who is an author whose name I'm forgetting right now. But this rabbi wrote a book in, about this question, about how are we to live? And he said within each person there are two atoms, and there may be other facets too, but atom one and atom two. And atom one is the version of ourselves that lives for building that resume for the accomplishments we can gather over the course of our lives. And Adam, too, is about being that person of God and living in the qualities that are ours through the truth that we are children of God. Adam, one, wants to conquer the world Adam, too, wants to come to know the world, hear the call that comes to him from the world, and to surrender to that call. So we, and, and both are good. Both are very important in lives. But we have these choices, and this awareness of being a child of God can on any given day guide our choices and help us choose how we will live. And that awakening to knowing those choices, that awakening to know the truth of our being, makes a big difference in our lives. It changes everything. So as I was reading and pondering these questions, I asked myself, well, now that I know this, how shall I live? And the first thing that came to me was very heartfelt 
ideas or pictures. And it's not the whole answer, but I think that place that our heart leads us to is a good guide. It's good guidance, it's good wisdom. And for me, the first thing that came is my family and my friends. And that's, I don't have a picture of my friends, but that's my son and my dog and me on a San Francisco beach. And of course, being on a beach is another thing that's very dear to my heart. I, I find the presence of God on a quiet beach. That's my dog. I, I go to retreats on a regular basis to a Silomar, and I typically take my dog with me. And that was her sitting on a meditation bench. I went in the morning, and I did some spiritual reading and contemplation, and she sat quietly beside me. I don't know what she does with her time, but for me, having her presence just deepens the experience. That particular beach is called a Silomar. And there's retreats that are held there regularly. And every year I go for a week and I listen to workshops and people sharing and there's good connection. And then there are long spaces of silence in between. So that came to my mind that I would always want to incorporate that type of experience in my life because it helps me remember who I am. This is a picture of another retreat center, very, very different, very austere, where I go sometimes and spend 10 days in what's called noble silence. And that takes me even deeper within. But both ways of experiencing a retreat are special to me and important to me. And then, of course, this is this picture of Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center came up. It's a place that is very much a part of how I want to live. The work I do feels meaningful and rewarding, fulfilling. So that was the beginning of my answering the question, how shall I live? I invite each of you when this is over to maybe sit and reflect and how would you answer that question? Now that you know that you are of God, how will you live? Just reflect on it. And it may change day after day. It might shift and turn, but to take that time to reflect is really powerful. So the question you'll be asking yourself is, how shall I, a child of God, live? And again, it's just the beginning of answering that question. What I found as I contemplated a little bit more was that I live by returning to God again and again and again. Because whatever I do, no matter how profound my experience of knowing the truth of who I am, life happens. 
You know, I spill something on the floor, I slip, a car cuts me off, I'm tired. You know, life happens, so it's a matter of returning to God. And it's not really a good way of saying it, because God never goes away. Wherever I am, God is, but it's returning my attention, my awareness to God's presence. The author of the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 28, wrote, In God we live and move and have our being, for we are indeed his offspring. So that's the intention that returning to God is a remembering that no matter what I be, might be doing, whether it's godly or not godly, whether it's um, totally superficial, if someone were to judge it, it doesn't matter no matter what. I am always living and moving and having my being in God. The question is my awareness, my consciousness. And the consciousness that we teach at Unity is that there is a presence and a power that we call God. And this presence and power is one. There is, when I sit in meditation, I sometimes feel a presence. And it's the presence of my being. It's the presence of the truth of who I am. Jack Cornfield, a meditation teacher, calls it an embodied presence. So I know the presence of my very being, but it's embodied. But that presence that I'm experiencing, at least according to unity teachings, is one with the presence that we call God. So we say there is one presence and one power in the universe and in my life, God the good. So how we live is returning to this truth over and over and over again and remembering that we live and move and have our being in that which we call God. And so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org.